Quit the 9 to 5 with Ben Handler. Getting you out of the rat race and into a career buying property. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in. Alex Whitlock and Ben Handler here for Quit the 9 to 5. We have an absolute cast of thousands, Ben. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Today we're going to dive into some good stuff. We've got a full room. And we're going to come in from a different angle. Um, look, much of the focus is on when you and I catch up, it's really about the benefits of, of being in control of your life and some of the things that perhaps prevent people from making that jump and taking control of their future and actually sort of moving into their own business. But we've got sort of a different angle here. We've, we've got uh, look, a young man who's a very successful investor and has just recently made the transition into or is about to make that transition into a, being a buyer's agent. We've also got a very established and very respected buyer's agent from the eastern suburbs of Sydney, if you want to just introduce the guys. Yeah, we've got Jack Henderson, who he's been on the SPI podcast before. He's built up a very significant portfolio for his age. And now he's looking to monetize his passion and pursue becoming a buyer's agent, focusing not just in investment, but down the track in the principal place of residence. And we've got Daniel Trelease from Trelease Associates. It's a new established company in Double Bay in Sydney's east, focusing on, at this stage, all areas of Sydney, also Queensland. And Daniel used to work with me at Cohen Handlin. He's a very, very established, successful buyer's agent in the prestige principal place of residence space. So I think before we get into it, you just have a cup of, uh, just a bit of a look at sort of exactly what being a buyer's agent is now, you know, so some of the listeners are going to be like myself, an investor that are going to know very much about the investment market. And I mean, I've built uh, with my business partner, Phil, quite a significant uh, portfolio. We've got about sort of 7.2, $7.3 million worth of investment property in our portfolio, all with a buyer's agent. Uh, I'll talk about that another time. And if you listen to the SPI show, you'll understand how we've built that. I personally have uh, five investment properties, all using a buyer's agent. But there's a big, you know, there is another side to this, um, as a principal, uh, you know, I bought my principal place with a buyer's agent the last time round. So, uh, you know, Daniel, that's very much the focal point mm, you have for mm. your business. No, fantastic. Um, that's really good to actually hear that you've used a buyer's agent for all of your acquisitions. Did you use a buyer's agent for your very first one? Uh, you know what? When I was racing over here in the cab from the flight that was late landing me here for this podcast, I was just thinking back to my uh, investment journey and the first four places that I bought a long, long time ago, and I started in 1998 when I was uh, in Hong Kong, all Aussie property, I bought off the plan. Over a period of about four years, I bought um, you know, those direct with the developer. And, and right. Daniel, you know, they actually, they actually did very well in terms of capital growth. But where I didn't, re- as an uneducated investor, where they, they sort of fell down for me was really in the cash flow side of things, because I didn't really understand as a, as a sort of a new and a young at that time investor about the costs of Body Corp and all the other costs associated with those no, new build, you know, sort of apartment blocks. Um, since then, for every property that we have bought, we have used a buyer's agent for everything. And again, sort of, you know, sort of on my way over here, just sort of thinking through the, the our portfolio, my, myself and Phil, our portfolio is worth, I don't know, circa seven and uh, 7.4 million, depending on what the valuations are mm. at the moment. We've built this portfolio with really tens of thousands of dollars of our own money. We haven't. We didn't put a huge chunk of money in. We've just bought very wisely. We've spent probably about a hundred thousand, maybe a little bit more, in terms of the buyer's agent fees. We've probably spent more over time on buyer's agent fees than we have in actually putting capital into the properties. However, the value of using those buyer's agents for us, in terms of our capital growth, has been significant because mm-hmm. they have helped us choose not just what suburb to buy. Because you know, I'm fairly experienced now. I, I, I'm. I know where I want to buy and, you know, digress for a second. I'm looking at buying a sort of semi-investment, probably semi-place of residence in Manly. Now, I know that Manly is an opportunity right now, 
But you know what? I, I don't know exactly what apartment to buy, what aspect to look for, how to get off market properly. And this is where the buyer's agent really adds enormous value to me. And this is why I love doing this show because I'm, I'm a customer. I'm not a buyer's agent, but, you know, and I'm also, you know, somebody who's gone out and, 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 and set my own business up. So I sort of am very passionate about buyer's agents and what they do. You know, they had a huge impact on the value of our portfolio. Mm. Look, you need to be really passionate in this industry. It's often said that this isn't a career, it's a lifestyle, and it's very, very true. It doesn't finish, you know, nine to five. I know it's quit nine to five. This really is um, any day of the week, whether it's a Sunday, you yeah. can have a sign up. Um, you need to meet a client. You need to be very client focused. The market has shifted. And it's not about, right, let's just get in now and overpay by whatever we can. Now it's about people want, they want advice. They want humble, they want quiet, they want honest, they want educated, and they want to be educated. The market has moved in that direction now where people need to understand exactly what we can offer them and what the result will be. And we need to be able to stand by that. So it's about under-promising and over-delivering, which is a switch from the last few years. I think it's also an education as well, because again, from an investor's perspective and, you know, Jack, you know, you started out as an investor and you're just about to make that transition. But I think yeah. we all start out, we know that there's, there's wealth to be built through property. And even if you're buying your own home, I mean, we all, it's not like buying a car, which is going to go down in value. You buy your mm -hmm. home and you're excited and passionate about where you're going to live, but you also look forward to seeing that asset appreciate because further down the track, even if you're not going to be an investor, you're going to use that as leverage to maybe, Absolutely. Move into something bigger, so further down the track. So, you know, it's you know, it's 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 a critical, you know, it is a critical uh, service that buyers agents offer, and it's uh, you know, and it is an incredible opportunity to to educate and to add value to those investors. So, Jack, you know, just moving to you for a second, you've, you're making the switch. Yeah, very yeah. successful investor. Yeah, I am, and it hasn't been easy. Look, I'm on a very very good income at the moment, and to go from having a very steady income week on week to going to zero being commission only is is a daunting thing but look I can wake up at four in the morning and work to, to 10 at night like I've been doing and it mate I love it I live for it so very very excited so your pathway is um through you've you've done Ben's course yeah yeah so yeah I built a bit of a profile as an investor first did some podcasts and media stuff and then seen the BAI as soon as it come to market I was one of the first students in the course loved it and I, I never wanted to do it this quickly. I wanted to max my portfolio on the income I was on. Um, so I wasn't leaving any opportunities on the table and then move into the role. But the opportunity come up where Ben introduced me to Dan and I thought this is something I can't let go. So Fantastic. That yeah. One of the really strong things about this course and the, the education that you provide for people like Jack is it's a, it's a real opportunity to transist. So rather than, I mean, quitting the nine to five for many people means seeing a business opportunity, stopping doing what you're doing, jumping in and committing. And the, the, the wonderful thing about the course that you offer is for people like Jack, they can become educated, they can run concurrent with the job they're doing, and then when the time is right, they can move into it. Yeah, and, and just on quit the nine to five, it's not that you work less, you will work more, but you've got flexibility with the hours. So you're working outside of nine to five, like Jack said, if you want to start work at 4am, you start work then. But, you know, Jack, obviously someone who has picked up the material quick, he wanted a mentor like Daniel. He wanted infrastructure. He wanted to work within a company, which I think is phenomenal. Not everyone wants to start their own business. And I think you've got to respect that. But Jack, I mean, you've already signed up two clients and you haven't really yeah. officially started, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I guess that comes from building the profile before I got into the industry, having connections, like from being an investor and then, and then monetizing them. 
So yeah, I've just got yeah. a question, Jack. Through your investor experience, yeah. just just tell us a little bit about about how that went, and, and you know, when did you start using a buyer's agent down your journey? Myself, I haven't used one. Okay, I've always been the type of person that wanted to be the buyer's agent. So I, I educated myself from fifteen, bought the first property at eighteen, second at nineteen, third, fourth, and I'm on to my fourth now, which is about four million. And and ever since I bought the first, it was like this is what I want to do. I just yeah. love real estate, and it's funny. Over the past couple of years, at the end of the year, realestate.com.au sends you like a, a snapshot of your profile at the end of the year. And every year they send it to me. I'm like one of the, the, the people on the, the platform that looks at the most property and stuff like that and just out of passion. So I thought, why not turn it into a career? Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. For sure. Yeah. So in terms of, you just mentioned that Daniel sort of started out as a mentor. Is that correct? Well, Jack was looking more for a mentor mm. and, 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 and a company to work under to really, I guess, guide him. Even though Jack is someone who understands buying investment, there's a whole other element of running a business and, uh, you know, having the right support around you. So I recommended Daniel as I thought that would be a perfect fit. Yeah, fantastic. Daniel, how, how's, how is uh, Jack going to fit into your business and your proposition for it's your clients? Actually, very, very exciting for us. Meeting Jack and seeing his energy um, and his true passion for this, not the passion to sell himself to me to get a job with me, but his true honest passion every day when he has walked into the office for our photos and that sort of thing because he hasn't officially started properly yet. He's, his energy is infectious because he's so positive and so excitable about property, which is quite rare because most people say you need to be passionate about property being property. Most people aren't passionate who are in property. They're looking for the result that it can achieve for you. Um, they're not actually as passionate as Jack is. But what we're looking to achieve at Trevise Associates now is also opening a um, designated investor division for the company, which will be nationwide. And that company, that, that, facet of the company needs to be spearheaded by someone who is incredibly passionate. Now, if that's someone like Jack who grows into that role over time and heads a larger team, fantastic. If Jack remains as a sole buyer's agent under Trulli Associate, we're also very happy with that. But we're looking for diversity. We're looking to be able to uh, service any person who's looking to buy property in Australia. If that's at 500,000 or 5 million, or it's a commercial client, that's irrelevant. We need to have the right personnel and area specialists to be able to service whoever comes to us. That's fantastic. And just for a bit of an insight for those that, you know, that this is this is really for people, you know, like Jack, who are looking to move into this career, wonderful career in uh, in real estate and as being a buyer's agent, helping people, you know, achieve their dreams, be it home ownership or investment. So just an idea of how do you, you've got an established business, so you've mm -hmm. got a client base, you've got a reputation. How do you find and attract those inquiries to come in and, and then, you know, that you're going to... Very good question. I would imagine you'd be sharing some with Jack, but Jack's obviously of also course. had a couple of inquiries that are coming through. How does that work yeah. for your business? So we've had to look at an approach that hasn't been done before in this buyer's advocacy space in Australia. And when there is company-generated leads like that, when leads come through the company, whether it's through the website and Facebook and social media and marketing campaigns, television, radio, etc., we have to look at what's the fairest way to maintain culture within the company, Healthy culture, happy culture equals happy buyer's agent equals very happy client. And it's a very, very difficult process to achieve well. And how we've decided to do that within Trelease Associates is that the director myself will not take any company generated leads. Okay. I will generate my own and the company, say we generate 100 leads in a month, they will go to the team. We'll build the team up. Rather than just building the director or the CEO or the MD up, we're building everyone in the team up so they can get off the ground within weeks, not months. 
just for a bit of an insight as well, um, we'll, we'll go back to Jack in, in a short while just to have a look at his sort of pathway, but looking at some of the other people in the business, what sort of backgrounds they have that have gone into this profession? Oh, goodness, from anything, from radio through to Uber drivers through to whoever has a passion for property and want to educate themselves and are taking those steps to educate themselves are looking at people like Ben and BAI. We do certainly, Trulis Associates, we're up to about 12 people. We've just launched a couple of weeks ago. We go live in about another 10 days for the website and that sort of thing. And then we start the marketing process. But we're going very, very slowly because, again, we're trying to attract the right people. Um, So we'll hire very slowly. For us, it's a very strict process of making sure that each person we bring on board is right for the company, the culture, and what we're trying to achieve. We don't just look at people who can write good numbers. It's about the person. So for our, for, for our listeners, these are, these are people who, um, look, certainly have a passion for property. Look, some of them may be existing investors like Jack. Some people may be just looking to go into something that they feel passionate about, but I haven't had the chance to make that move yet. Just in terms of, uh, you know, from, from your experience, what are some of the characteristics, um, you, you've talked about energy, but in terms of practical terms, what are some of the characteristics that you think uh, people might need to have to actually be successful in moving into this area? So you can be successful in the short term, but if you want longevity in this field in Sydney, in New South Wales, for example, you really, really, really need to have some decency, some honesty. You need to have that integrity. These are things that you hear all the time in real estate, but they do not get followed through. Something that we're looking to achieve at Trulis Associates now is having an open book policy, never before done in this industry. That means complete and 100% transparency. Real estate industry, they're not going to open themselves up that level of litigation. We are. Why? Because if our agents are trained in the right way and they do everything right from the step one through to the final step, there's not going to be a problem. It's about showing people we are going to be fully transparent. Again, also why we're Australia's first fully confidential buyer's agency. So anything that a client buys with us remains confidential, the client and what they bought for as long as feasible. I think that's really good. I think you touched on something really important there. And and I really like what you're saying uh, because one of the things, Ben, that you, you advocate so strongly, which is really important, is the skills of being a buyer's agent can be learned through your course. Absolutely. It's not rocket science, as you say yourself. And as Daniel's pointed out, this is really about a matter of ethics because mm-hmm. you haven't said anything mm-hmm. about market knowledge. That or, can all be taught. Yep. It can all be learned. Um, and it's very important not to come in as, say, a sales agent, and then we have to untrain all of those bad lessons yeah. learned. And it's not just about the bad lessons. It's also about um, the processes and procedures that have been instilled in people and the sales processes. This is about a human-to-human connection and understanding someone, an individual, an investor, or a family, and understanding what their journey needs to be and what they're looking to achieve next. What I love about this industry is that it, being a buyer's agent is a long-term relationship. And you've got different sides of the coin. You have sales agents who obviously you know operate on, on that side of things. But I'll tell you, in the... 20 odd years of, of, my, of myself buying property and selling property, but more more, more sort of purchase than, than sales. I haven't got a relationship with any of the sales agents that I've ever used, but I have the same relationship with the buyer's agent that I used for the first property that I bought. And I think this is a critical thing for, you know, if you're thinking of moving into this area, if you think about moving into real estate, if you've got a passion for real estate, and if you want to be a part of this, I think it's a quite a fundamental thing from my perspective is that you have this opportunity to have this really deep relationship with your clients. If, you know, as Daniel has said, if you have those fundamental values, qualities, you know, that position within yourself and towards your customers of honesty, transparency, passion for what you're doing and and being ethical, all the rest of it can be learned so easily. Yeah, all the skills you can learn very quickly. 
market knowledge of an area, uh, the sales process and everything else associated with the role, you can you can learn quick. And I guess for Jack, I've got a question. You know, you, you're just starting out now. You're having meetings. You've signed up two people. How are you finding the process when you're getting in front of prospective clients? Quite easy myself because I'm very out there. I'm very transparent with people. What you see is what you get. And um, I'm not scared to ask the questions. And I, I don't know. I think my personality works for, for this space, definitely. And the transition... Yeah. Are you obviously are you are you finding it more difficult than you thought, or how you? No, I mean it hasn't really started yet. When I go from earning an income to going to zero, that's when I'll know. But look, I'm a hustler. I'll work. Like when you've got four million dollars of debt sitting on your back and you've got to pay a mortgage every week, <laughs> that's it. I'll work. Yeah, I got to. I haven't got kids to feed, but I've got to. I got to pay bills, and that's that's what it comes down to. If you want to work and you're going to service your clients well, that comes back. See, now this is someone that is backing themselves. Yeah. Right. So even though he is technically a junior in the company, in the sense that he's not established, hasn't been there for a few years, that sort of thing. Jack is exactly the ideal candidate as someone who he's already passionate about property. He's already got investment properties. Um, he's already been active within the space and even the geographical space that we're operating in primarily anyway. So for Jack to come into this company, for example, we are looking for exactly this profile. Someone who is truly, truly passionate about property. It's all they've wanted to do. Now, you've got some people in the eastern suburbs working with some real estate agents at the moment who are still at school and all they want to do on weekends is go and see property, go and work with real estate agents. One of them recently I interviewed actually as a possible intern, they were looking at going to real estate agents and having them come in to appraise their parents' house with their parents just so they could understand the dialogue. And they're 15 years old. That's passion. That's someone ready for this industry, because this industry can chew you up and spit you out very, very quickly. Oh, I think I think that's uh, I think that's very true. And I think, you know, just just um, you know, looking at Jack, I think it's it's really important to have that courage to go into this. I, I think you, you. I mean, you had a you you're very comfortable. You earned well. You had built a very successful portfolio. So, what was that moment for you where you? Just thought, you know what, well, I've got life quite easy, but I'm going to go a step further. What was the, sort of the, 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 the penny drop moment for you when you made that decision? I guess, um, look, I live a very, very good life. I don't have to go and do this. Yeah, I could sit where I am and earn good money for the rest of my life and be comfortable. But at the end of the day, money's not everything. Happiness is everything. So my thought process behind it was, if I go into this, it doesn't work and I lose everything. Who cares? Because money means nothing. It's happiness is, is the key to life. And that's what it was for me. I want to be happy. I want to wake up every day and go to work, what's well, not really work if you love it, and, and do what I love. And, and I that's think, it. I think that's a critical thing as well about, you know, just back to the, you know, the, the very title of this podcast, Quit the 9 to 5. It isn't about sitting around and doing nothing. It is about getting out of the rat race, you know, and being a slave to earning a salary and to doing a, you know, as, as I've said, I worked in retail and I just knew that if I didn't turn up for a day, for a week, for a month, you know, the shop would grind on. They wouldn't notice I wasn't there, you know. So I think there's something very, very... For all of us, something really important in life in, in going away and doing something that you care about and being prepared to take not a leap off a precipice, but a little bit of a leap. Life's all about taking a leap forward, isn't it, boys? You know, it's I think just doing things because it's the easy way. And as you say, you know, just doing things because it pays well. That's not really what life's all about. And I think also, you know, you've been so successful as an investor. And I think to see that you can share that for other people. And I love the fact that you haven't used a buyer's agent yourself. That's, that's so cool. Look, I've had mentors that are buyer's yeah. agents that have helped me through the process, but I've never actually paid the fee for a buyer's agent. Intelli- was I intelligent about that for getting it for free as a service and getting a mentor? And- <laughs> Be careful about new friends you make yeah. right now. Just, if, you're, if you're listening now. <laughs> no, but look, I mean, like I said, my thought process behind moving into this career was 
there's there's plenty of dead end jobs in the world, yeah, and there's plenty yeah. of jobs you can go and earn an income week to week and and live that life. So if I run out of money and it's not what I thought it was going to be, sure, I'll just go and seek and go get another job. But yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's it. That's what I mean. I'm lo- I love it and I'm passionate about. it. I'm going to make it work, and that's that's it. I'll make it work. I'll do whatever it takes. So just having a look, Ben, at sort of practical steps for you know for for going into this from from scratch. What what sort of targets you know would you be looking at in terms of uh, you know, sort of client-based targets and how many clients would you be looking to work with per month? How would you look to sort of scale up the business? Interesting question. And it depends, I guess, that the profile of of the the person. I like to think minimum one year, a buyer's agent can do at least seven transactions minimum. Okay. And if you be very conservative, and I'm being cons- really conservative, I, I don't want to be uh, over bullish here. So let's just say you work off seven transactions in a year, which I think is very achievable. And let's say you work off the minimum fee, which I suggest, which is $14,000 for anything under a $700,000 purchase price. So you're working on 14 grand, minimum seven transactions. You're looking at 98 grand there. And I think that's a really low baseline. Yeah. I know Jack, for example, throwing it over to him quickly, what are your targets for the first 12 months? Personally, I want to do half a million dollars a year in the first year. Okay. And I think it's very, very achievable. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It just It's how bad you want it, isn't it? Look, I can go and sit there and wait for company-generated leads and sit at my desk and play on my phone, or I can go out there and make some money and, and help some people. And that's it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and you've, you've signed up two yeah. clients already and you yeah. haven't even officially started. And, so- and the background I've come from, like, I don't know how to sell. Like I don't know how to go and sell to people. I, I drive a machine. That's what I've done. But- all of this stuff is very teachable. Like Ben said, I've learned. And now it's about putting passion and, and, and the practical stuff and going out in there and, and getting it. Daniel, I mean, you've, you've been you've been this for a long time. What's, you know, what are your thoughts on, uh, on how to build this business? I think that, yes, you can make a lot of money in real estate wherever you are in the industry. But there is no substitution for hard work. Yeah. And I genuinely stand by that every day. I understand that, yes, you can make a lot of money and you can work your own hours um, and it's a great lifestyle. It really is. If you're good at it and you're passionate about it. That being said, there is no substitution for hard work. You can be working 12-hour, 14-hour days sometimes and you can be working two-hour days sometimes. But you need to be willing to put that effort in because you can't just go on a holiday, in my opinion, you can't just go on a holiday for three weeks when you have five, ten clients expecting your service and paying a big fee for your service. We typically don't negotiate on our fee primarily because we understand the value we offer compared to our competitors, for example. Yeah. So why would we negotiate? If we can't negotiate on that, then for example, how are we going to negotiate with one of the top agents um, or even with a vendor, a savvy vendor? So no, we're not, we're, we're, again, we're looking at people like Jack who one, have experience or who are very bullish and are, who are so passionate, who are ready to do what is required. We're not looking for people who are looking for the easier way out and earn a lot of money without doing the work. It does not work like that at all, in my opinion. I really like something that Jack mentioned just, you know, sort of a couple of steps back about not being a salesman. And look, you you clearly have other assets that sort of mean you don't need to be a salesman. You've you've got bags of energy. You're confident. You know what you're doing, you know. And, And I don't think that you need to be, look, you need to be able to, when you sit and meet somebody, you need to be able to, convert them into being a customer to make sure they don't go and use another buyer's agent. But it's not really, sales is not the most important thing about this. Um, you know, it is about having a lot of vision in terms of what you're doing, being able to understand what the what the client is looking to achieve, you know, be it through their own home or be it through their investment portfolio, and then being able to negotiate, 
you know, with the agents as a buyer. And I think, and I, and I think, you know, the, the fees are really critical thing. You know, $14,000, you know, you may, you may be listening and thinking, gee, that's a lot of money to ask for somebody. But again, for myself as a customer, you know, every dollar that I have spent on a buyer's agent's fee, I, I've spent more money on buyer's agent's fees than I've put into property over the last five, six, seven, eight years. And, and I have, and that has resulted in hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars of growth in, mm-hmm. in terms of capital. So, yeah. And I think that, you know, and, and there's a logical thing. I think as long as you can articulate, fees are really, I am a salesman by, by trade, but I think keeping the price point higher and understanding how that works, you know, I think it's a quite a logical thing that if you're going to discount down on your fees, then you're going to discount down in terms of your priority for the person who's working for you. So I think the fee is fair. And I think understanding the value of that as a buyer's agent and keeping that price point high is, you know, is, is very, very reasonable. I think $14,000 is, is a, yeah, a good fair market price. That's minimum. Obviously. Yeah, for, for below the $700,000 mark. Correct. So I, I yeah. wanted to be conservative, but like Jack, I mean, I didn't come from a sales background. I'd never, ever sold from what I was mindful of, maybe when I was trying to maybe negotiate on a, a TV, I was selling subconsciously. But a lot of people do have concerns around, I don't have a sales background, I maybe got a technical background or whatever their background is, maybe I can't be good at this role. Some of the best people that are coming out of BAI at the moment do not have sales backgrounds and they've never sold. So I think it's an advantage. And like Daniel said earlier, if you do get an established, let's say, real estate agent who's got bad uh, habits and traits that you've got to unwind, which I had to do at Con Handler, it's difficult. Yeah. They come across very cheesy, very salesy. The, the prospect is like, oh my God, you know, I'm feeling like I'm getting smothered with this sales pitch. So I think not having a sales background is a big advantage. I, I think definitely. Look, let's look at this. You know, there, is, there are sales roles in real estate. They're crystal clear. You know, be sales agent. And there are some fantastic sales agents out there, you know. Absolutely. There are also a lot who aren't really that great. And I think that, you know, and that doesn't mean that sales skills, incidentally, are a disadvantage going to being a buyer's agent, not at all. But I think there are other things, as Daniel said, you know, a, a really just a very clear set of ethics, you know, for you as a human being. I, I love the fact that you can learn the skills. You know, you've got to work hard. But again, Daniel, you know, what is hard work? It, hard work, if, you know, if, if, if I'm sitting in front of a computer screen doing something I don't want to do, even for five minutes, that's hard work for me. If I'm spending hours doing something that I care about, that I'm engrossed in, that I'm passionate about, is that hard work? Look, you're putting the hours in, and I, and, and I think you have got to put the hours in. And you know what? You find the hours kind of slip by if you're enjoying what you're doing and if you mm, see value mm. in what you're doing. So I think, you know, looking at what, what attributes you need, understanding what putting the hours in versus hard work, you know, and then really sort of looking at your sort of ethical values. I think this is, uh, you know, if you've got those things in line, I think this is a really wonderful opportunity to build a new career. Yeah. I, I look at real estate as a, it's a phenomenal opportunity for people to either transfer skill sets from previous careers or just actually create a new uh, skill set for themselves. And I think, you know, talent comes naturally for human beings. Some human beings are, are, are born more talented. However, with real estate, it's all about skill set, I believe. And you can develop it like Jack has, is doing now, like Daniel has, like I did. You can develop it very, very quickly. So, Jack, looking very quickly ahead, what's the next steps for you? Wait until end of financial year, mate, and jump right into it. Good stuff. Very excited. And another thing to add to that, I think real estate isn't about property at all, it's about people. Like, People want to work with you, not because they think you're the most knowledgeable. They want to work with you is because they like you as a person. And if you go back through ethics and you have all of that down packed and someone likes you, they're going to work with you. And that's what it comes down to, I believe. It's a partnership. Yeah, that's it. And the best example of that is Jack because, you know, this is a whole thing. He didn't come from a sales background. The, why has he signed up for almost three clients, a third client coming this week as well? Why is he doing so well so quickly within a week? 
Naturally, he's associate. So, and the reason I put that down to it is because he didn't come from a sales background. So he's not lying. He's not deceiving. He's not manipulating to get a result. He's being honest and genuine with the prospect. They're sitting there. They're listening to someone who knows what they're talking about, who's truly passionate and who is not putting them through a sales process. They're having a conversation trying to understand you. Guys, it has been wonderful talking to you. I'm so, Jack, so grateful you've given us some time. No, Daniel, been much. fantastic getting an insight. But I'd just like you to wrap up. Look, what do people need to do to get on your course? Just just let, let our listeners know what they need to do and let's see how they can get signed up. Really simple. You just visit uh, the Buyers Age Institute website, so www.buyersageinstitute.com and just follow the prompts once you're there. Guys, take action. Quit the nine to five. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alex Whitlock. Thanks for listening to Quit the 9 to 5 with Ben Handler. For more advice on turning property buying into your career, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au now. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a commercial relationship with the companies mentioned.